0: Became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got
1: me here. Let's go, let's go. Ravens, all on three. One, two, three, Ravens! Ravens!
2: Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill.
1: And I'm Deidre and I've seen One Tree Hill about six times over.
2: And tonight's episode for debate is Season 2, Episode 15, An Unopened Letter to the World. I like to remember this episode as the one where we meet teenage Whitey, Karen loses it at Dan and Lucas with some snappy one-liners, the time capsule brings Jake and Peyton's ears out, Anna comes out to mouth, Brooke finds a new purpose, Nathan isn't coping without Haley. The brothers end up in a jail cell, handcuffed to either side to stop them pounding on each other. And Lucas is more like Dan's son than we thought, vowing to set everyone free from Dan. Keeping up appearances. My half-brother. My half-brother. Keeping up with the Joneses. Danny Glover I'm fooling myself
1: How you doing boozy?
2: I'm fooling myself can I smell something? Oh that's skank, And I think it's coming from you
0: She always backs down Karen, throw a pair. Tell Lucas he's a little shit And
1: stick with it Yeah, you know, you're talking with your I need a doctor
2: I don't know, he'd be off somewhere babbling, wearing a dress. When do you plan to start living? You know, like the person you've become? Then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. So my friends, welcome to the High Flyers Club. <laughs> 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 this is for my mom. Ravens are free! Yeah! <laughs> One, two, three! Ravens! Ravens! So hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is season two episode 15 an unopened letter to the world dom we are here but you are not here dom dom will be here <laughs> shortly uh it's just had uh, something come up but oh oh wow on the word he has just joined into the waiting room <laughs> I'm going to keep that in because that's too uh, serendipitous. Deidre, you are here. You're on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for your support. Uh, how are you?
1: I am doing well. I'm really excited. I have been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I binged. I found you like you were just start- at the end of season one, starting season two. So there for a while, I binged you guys. And then when I realized that you guys were doing um, pa- Patreon stuff, I was like, I'm so excited. And so I've been waiting for this for a while. I'm doing well.
2: Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's super humbling and appreciate it. And, um, you know, Dom is the king of binging things. So, Dom, how do you feel about, you know, Deidre and other people binging our content?
0: It's It's mad to think that people will binge through the show and binge through our podcast at the same time uh, and it's it's great to hear as well My my friend uh, Kiri got in touch with me the other day and she is now up to date and she only joined fairly recently so it's great that that people like yourself will, will just go for it and it's so much it's so much fun it's so great when when you guys finally catch up and you're like oh you've said all of this stuff and, and all these brilliant things that you bring up that we've pretty much forgotten about because it was so many weeks ago and it's yeah it's great love it
2: and so Mm Deidre One Tree Hill it entered your life when how explain it to us
1: okay so I was thinking about this and when I was younger it was I'm 24 so it came out and I was pretty young so I was sitting in my house one day with my mom and all of a sudden this show popped up on TV, and I know what episode it is now. It's episode 100, so that's in season five, and that episode was on TV, and I'm like, what is going on? And for you, uh, Simon, you know that's that episode, so I was like, what, what is this show? And then I was younger, so I don't really remember a lot about it, but then a few years later when I got into high school or however long that was, I was like remember that show mom that was on TV and she was like yeah that's one tree hill and I was like I really want to start watching that and so for my birthday one year she went and bought um, seasons one through eight on box set and season nine wasn't out yet and so when she bought them for me for my birthday I just binged I binged them all (laughs) so that's how it came in came into play there
2: Well two things about that the first one so Dom has already seen this so it's okay for him to see but uh, Sarah I don't know if you saw um, one of our our patrons and friends as you are now also all of our patrons and listeners are becoming friends and we love it because as I said on our watch along last night I don't have many friends so this is is beautiful for me Um, but uh sarah sent uh this which is episode 100 which is what you were just saying is the episode that got you into it and this was like a special dvd like release or that they handed out to certain people so i love that yeah ironic that you know this was the episode that that got you into it um, and then also you saying that you got into the show like just before season nine had come out. That's actually mm-hmm. the exact same time that I started watching the show. So mm-hmm. though our ages are you know almost ten years apart, uh, that's the that was the era when because I remember like binging through so I could try and watch season nine in like in real time. So
1: actually, crazy. what's funny is when season nine did come out, I I went to Walmart and I bought it. And I stayed up that whole day. So I started watching it. I watched all the episodes and didn't go to sleep until 6.30 the next morning, which I know is not healthy, but I did it.
2: Dom, that's very you.
0: That is bold commitment. And I love that. (laughs) That is perfect. That is is very me. That is the sort of thing I would do. (laughs) That's a bit crazy. I like it.
2: Well, Deidre, I said to Dom the other day, I said what I want him to do. Um, I think this was off mic. I think this was just in on WhatsApp or something, but I might be wrong. Um, but I think I said to Dom when we finish the podcast in twenty twenty five, I want him to immediately watch through all of One Tree Hill and binge it again and see how fast he can do it. And you said three weeks, right?
0: About that, yeah. I reckon I can get through it in that about that time.
2: That's... Yes.
1: That's ambitious, but I think you can do it.
0: I I, I recently finished watching The Office.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: like let's say like the US version of The Office, mm-hmm. nine seasons, all of it, and then out of just really enjoying it, I just started watching it again. Uh, and I like, know my my girlfriend wanted to watch it, uh, and she started watching a few episodes, and she watched the first four, and by the time she'd watched four, I was on season three. <laughs>
1: that's awesome I, I do have way. to say though if i can say this because you brought up 2025 and i've been listening to the podcast and i have been wanting to go to wilmington for so long i'm like oh my gosh i've always wanted to go there especially conventions and stuff like that so listen 2025 you can never predict the future but i'd be solid to go into wilmington for that let's
2: nice. get it let's get yes. it We that's cool that's what we need we 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 need as many people like-minded people and then we can podcast in person and do what i think would be amazing would be to podcast the final episode of the podcast there with everyone that that's there you know we hired dan scott's beach house or something like that and then just and do it it would be awesome so yeah stay okay. with us and then come 2025 let's make it happen
0: that that could be the moment like we draw a tear from my eye <laughs> watching the last episode with everyone in yeah finally
1: because you don't cry right at this show
0: don't cry simon's <laughs>
1: talking about how he cries at things and you're like no <laughs> didn't do it for me he
0: They're has like, no soul that's the problem what's going on <laughs> i get asked this quite a lot now like people that say so that the the guys on patreon and stuff like that that are now like messaging me on instagram things like that saying like how have you cried at this did you cry at that like, no <laughs> just just didn't
2: <laughs> i reckon maybe like when maybe when you like turn 40 or like you get married or have your first kid there's going to be like some event or something and then every moment after that you'll just be crying all of the time
0: i, I think i've gone in reverse though because I, one thing i will say this is this is uh this is simon always tells his stories and uh i think it's my turn to open up a little bit Ooh, crack oh that my gosh. Shell. oh crack my god crack that shell crack let's, that shell let's
2: go i can't is, wait
0: is that as a child i pretty much cried all the time like okay. for for the for the first like few years of my life I cried continuously. My mom mm-hmm. tells me that pretty much on a weekly basis, uh, tells me about how annoying I was as a, as a baby. And that I would just cry all the time. I got to like two years old and then it kind of like petered off a bit. But as a kid, I was very much a crier. I used to get really upset about, about things all the time and really un, like unimportant, unnecessary things and really stupid. And I would just cry. Can so you... maybe I'm cried out. Maybe yeah. I've, I've hit that limit.
2: Can you can you uh, what age up to because I mean we met when we were like five like are we talking were you crying were you like crying at that, that age or did or maybe as you met me and you just stopped crying.
0: <laughs> yeah I think into into like just like just preteen
2: oh, okay maybe, maybe
0: even into the teens I would I would cry all the time. I don't know if I've seen you
2: cry, though. I don't I think just hide it well. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> you crying in cupboards. Is that cry on my
0: like? own, yeah, <laughs> in, in in my closet.
2: <laughs> oh man, that's 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 interesting. So what what do we? Let's unpack this. So what do we think this was?
0: I don't think we need to unpack it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just you, you want to know more, don't you? You want to know more about his childhood traumas.
1: I mean, you know, if you want to share. <laughs> we know Listen, full disclosure <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but full disclosure it's okay because i'm 24 and i cry a lot in my personal life i could be happy i'll cry if i'm mad i'll cry i'm just a crier so usually i don't cry at tv or movies but Montreal hits me different so it's okay that you used to cry when you're young because i still do it now it's all right
0: uh, uh, okay good crying story about me then but <laughs> again it comes up a lot my mom brings this up a lot There was a lot of family around it was, and she still brings it up. It's a nightmare, but it was crying with happiness. It was my birthday and we all have a birthday and I must've been, I have no idea either way. I I got a game boy and I was really happy that I'd got this game boy and it came with Mario and super Mario two. And I was absolutely ecstatic with it anyway gone to bed that night and I, I went back downstairs and i was crying my eyes out my mom was like what's wrong And was like i'm really happy and i was still i was just absolutely crying my eyes out so there you go there is a soul in there somewhere it's just buried <laughs> <Eat down>.
2: now <laughs> we just have to buy you another game boy to see it is that i'd love
0: oh yeah please i'd love to have a game boy again <laughs>
2: that's crazy well that's good I I'm just I can't believe it's taken a season and, and like a half to get you to open up but I think we've done it we've cracked it like I was I warming can't... up
0: to you to be fair I was I wasn't sure <laughs> what you'd be like you know. <laughs> I had to make sure you were the right person to share this with
2: it's only been 30, 30 plus years yeah. you know <laughs> well um Deidre, tell us more. So that's when that's when One Tree Hill came into your life, and then uh, when did like did you immediately start rewatching it, or have you been spacing the the rewatches out? How does that work?
1: So I rewatched it all the time in high school. I got my mom onto it even more so, and we still rewatch it to this day. So randomly, if we're just like, oh, we're feeling like a One Tree Hill mood, we'll just put it in and watch it together um sometimes we are those people that we're like oh do you remember this episode and we'll just stick in a specific episode and watch it so we don't always just go from one to nine sometimes we're like oh we're filling season three so let's start there um Mm -hmm. so it's just random really if we're just in the mood for it we'll be like let's put it in because we've spent so much time together watching it that it's kind of the way we kind of bond a little bit through tv and stuff so it just depends um Usually, I go more for um, probably typical answer seasons three through six. It's usually what I go for when I rewatch. But I'll uh, rewatch any of it.
2: That's cool. And then, so do you have a specific favorite season and a specific favorite episode? But before you answer those questions, can we see your right hand? Oh yeah. And we vow to not promise. Not promise. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we we vow to promise to not spoil Dom for anything beyond this episode of One Tree Hill.
1: I will not spoil anything.
2: Dom, do you accept?
1: <laughs> I accept.
2: Thank you. We appreciate you. So, what what what's your answers? a favorite season and favorite all time episode.
1: Okay, so I know I sent you a message, kind of ranking them, but sometimes my opinions change. I think if I really had to pick one, I would probably say season four, but it's really close to season three. So close.
2: What about your least favorite season?
1: Two. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We we know the two hater.
2: (laughs) We know. Has our podcast been okay though? At least. Yeah,
1: it's been really good. I was actually kind of like in a way nervous that I was coming into season two, because I was like, "Oh Deidre you don't pay enough attention to that season. <laughs> you really have to like rewatch the episode because I kind of let it fall in the background, but yeah, too but you guys are good, you guys are good, you make it interesting. I laugh a lot
2: thank you what,
0: what would be great is when we get to wilmington um because one thing we've we've sort of discovered as we uh get a bit older is that we realize we identify with different, different characters. And we might identify with different seasons. So s- Simon's views and thoughts and opinions on certain characters throughout s- different seasons has, has changed. So it'll be really interesting. Is is in 2025 when we all get to meet, is is what your opinion of it is is then? You might have mm-hmm. to remind me. My memory sometimes fails me. It doesn't. Some, normally it's pretty good, but sometimes yes. I, I forget these things. But it'd be great to h- hear your perspective on on the show then, and just kind of what you're thinking about and what your thoughts on it are. Now. That'd be that'd be really interesting.
1: My opinions have changed one time since I first started watching it. That's about it. I've been pretty constant with my opinions for a while now. For the first time that I watched it, I had one opinion, and then the second time, and every time after that, I pretty much stayed consistent. But you never know. You're right. When you get older, maybe something will change. So that'd be interesting.
2: We definitely, we definitely have to know what that opinion change was, though. You can't just float that by us and not explain.
1: <laughs> okay. So when I first watched it, I loved Haley. I and I'm not saying I don't love Haley. I loved Haley a lot. She was like what I really watched the show for, and then it shifted hardcore. And so this is so unpopular, and I I understand that. But uh, now I Peyton oh, I love her. She's who I watch it for. That's just the truth. And so that's the big shift for me. I kind of shifted from being so interested in Haley to kind of being like, oh, because Peyton was kind of in the background at first for me. And then the more I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, I like her a lot. So that was my main shift in terms of opinions. Everybody else pretty much stayed the same. One
0: thing I I have to say about Peyton is I really didn't like her in season one, but the sort of towards this end of season two, so mid mid to the end, what it feels like, um, I actually have really enjoyed her as a character. You know, some of the bits where she's standing up for kind of different people's rights and her own rights and um, just all the things she's got to say and kind of her responses and reactions to um, Jake, the whole drug issue and the managing the club, just there's bits like that where she's becoming more than just that miserable teenager and actually starting to to develop more a, as a character. But, you know, even though she, ha- she's very opinionated in the first season and in this season, she's a bit more open and you kind of get more of that. And, and the art comes out, but it's not like continuous. Like it was in season one, It's like in mm-hmm. season one, it was misery, my art would explain everything in this one. It's okay. We've got some emotion and then occasionally a bit of art that, that shows what's going on in her life. And that's what I kind of like about the, the change.
1: See, I like season one Peyton because I think that Peyton is what makes her who she is and makes her into like showing that she's a better person. I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but finding out about her mom passing away and just everything that she was dealing with internally, I like drew to her because I was like, this strikes me a lot about like mental health. Like, she was truly struggling internally with her mental health. And it felt like nobody around her was noticing. I felt like the first person to truly notice that was Lucas and the first person that she could open up to besides having that conversation with Whitey. So, just seeing that she was so like struggling inside, I think that's what made me draw to her and the moments that you're talking about. Um, Dom or the moments that I'm like that's the Peyton I've always known that she's been she's just been so weighed down by everything that she's been through but she did have a way of being like so closed off that for I feel like for a TV show audience that's not really a, a character you're going to gravitate towards because you like the spunky like Brooke Davis you like someone who brings comedy and those kind of things so you're probably not going to be drawn towards someone like Peyton when she's like that is my opinion on it but that's Um, just what i liked it better
0: maybe when i get to binge watch it my my views will change i suppose it's difficult because i I mean i'm watching it on a week-to-week basis so when it first aired i kind of think people would be having similar sort of views even library hater and it's it's kind of the only thing so I'm, i'm getting to see this change gradually Whereas if I was to binge it, I'd see that change within a week. So it'd kind of right. make a little bit more sense. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a very interesting point of view. And I suppose you've got the full essence of the character. So that that's kind of what I'm looking forward to with the rest of them as well, is that I, I don't have the full essence of them. I don't even know if they will last to the end. You, you know, That's kind of what's exciting about it for me as well.
1: Right.
2: Could you imagine, Dom... Well, maybe, maybe not. If they do like the Saved by the Bell, the new class, you get to like season five, and the whole cast gets like changed, <laughs> and it's like goes back to the beginning of Tree Hill. Like that's that's a possibility. I'm not going to say. As but, long as um... Whitey's still in it, I don't care. <laughs> but that's like like Mr. Belding character, right? And Saved by the Bell, he stayed consistent, and then mm. then like the kids changed. Oh, Mr. Uh,
0: I can't believe you remember the name. Brilliant.
2: I have I the know. box set, man. Of course you do. <laughs> Well <laughs> Deidre I have to say that was a really great answer um about Peyton uh, it actually made me think uh, about it in a different way because yeah you're right in terms of a typical like tv narrative she is not a typical character that you'd find in in this kind of show it, It's different and like you said like Brooke is kind of more what you'd expect and sort of bit of a derivative of like the bring it on movies and clueless and things like that I'm not saying that she's like a two-dimensional character because no oh, i think she's a great character and one and one of my favorites uh but i think you're right that peyton is unique in that way um and for that reason she will be my first female pop funker. i say it here now i say it proud um but that's yeah that's that's great can you can you tell us before we move into the episode your top five favorite shows of all time. No particular order.
1: I knew you were going to ask me this because I started listening to 2.14 this morning. And I you asked, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but you asked her this morning. Well, not this morning, but when I listened to it and I was like, I can't think of five, I don't think. So, Winter Hill is one, obviously. Um, The Vampire Diaries, which she said this, Um, the Jay. girl you did last. Yeah, yeah Jay, Jay, she said that as well. Um, so one tree hill the vampire diaries um, this show is not done yet but i'm watching all american i don't know if you've heard of that it's literally one tree hill but replace basketball with football like there's so many similarities with the characters it's really good it's still airing right now Sounds
2: um, good. i need to add that ooh. to my list. next podcast <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's really really good um you guys if you did watch it you would notice the similarities between all the characters that you'd probably be like wow i think they kind of copied a little bit but it's okay <laughs> um, um big little lies i really like i think i would say that's an hbo show and um little fires everywhere which is on hulu i really like so i would give uh, it to those five
2: is little fires everywhere the one with kerry washington and um reese Witherspoon? spoon yep that's so good dom have you seen that I don't think so. No, like not to put a pun in there, but it's fire. You need to watch. <laughs> you need to watch it. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime for us. Um okay. I think it's different streaming services in different places, but that one's really good. And my wife really liked, um Big Little Lies as well. So um, yeah, nice. Okay, then last one before we go in. What's your favorite movie or bad movie? <laughs> I'm really getting tongue twisted today. Sorry. What's your favorite movie that everyone thinks is bad but you think is good or that you love?
1: Ooh, this is probably not going to be one that very many people know about, but I'll say it anyway. It's called It's a Boy Girl Thing. And it's pretty much like a freaky Friday or a hot chick blended together or the hot chick with Rob Schneider blended together. They trade places. Who who's in it? Oh, um, Samari Armstrong is the girl's name. I'm not familiar with the guy. They're not very well known.
2: And so you're saying that generally people would think it's not good, but you love it.
1: Yeah, I I don't think very many people would think it's very good, but I, I really like it.
2: I, I think, think it's the, funny. It's funny you said the hot chick because I think that goes in that category as well. And my, mm-hmm. me and my wife love that. Love that movie. We love so many Rob Schneider movies, which are probably all terrible to the you know standard world. But Deuce bigelow <laughs> for example, I I could watch that on repeat. But uh you know, yeah. Dom, do you have one? I like to ask you. There's many. What you got?
0: Deep blue sea. Yes. Nineteen ninety nine horror slash aquatic craziness. It's pretty awful, but also it's one that you just gotta watch. LL Cool J makes that makes that film.
2: We made the sharks smarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's give let's give sharks like super intelligent brains and watch them eat us all.
2: <laughs> Deidre, have you seen that one?
1: No, I have heard about it, but I've never seen it i should watch it now though
2: it basically that is
0: rapaport as well isn't it
2: yeah he's great it is and and it's you did you say samuel jackson
0: no he was he was on the list is it thomas jane as well is it thomas jane
2: oh i don't know
0: He's, he's like the shark expert that says nothing the entire way through the film
2: right 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 i mean the the i remember going to watch that it was either like my birthday party or someone else's when we were like I don't know eleven or twelve or something, um but the whole tagline was is they made there they got these sharks, like you know all different types of massive great white sharks, tiger sharks, whatever, in a sea pen, and then they made them more intelligent, they like gave them some sort of steroid or something to make their brain more intelligent, so then the sharks decided to try and eat the people that's basically. Oh,
0: she's trying to cure um alzheimer's isn't she that's it that's and, it yeah um, and she's doing all her experiments on sharks it just makes them super intelligent
2: <laughs> that's a great answer i'm going with
0: with that one have you got one have you got another one i can just,
2: just, look, just, just, look, just look at the look wall at my, behind you just look at the shelf
0: um, oh you did say juice bigelow that's fine that's pretty trash
2: yeah yeah that. <laughs> that would do i think i'd also say celtic pride which don Weed oh. did on the mighty 90s i think you didn't really like it did you i can't i don't think
0: i mean I, I don't have the same connection or nostalgia to it but it's it's all right you know stan Aykroyd being a bit crazy
2: <laughs> have you heard of that one deidre
1: what'd you say it was again the name C- celtic pride i have not heard of that one
2: it's uh, it's about the Boston Celtics, but it's about it's got Damon Wayne's in Dan Aykroyd, uh, Daniel Stern, like the guy from like the villain from Home Alone, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a nineties movie, but but yeah, it's probably not known as a good film. But
1: you no. said it's based on the Boston Celtics, or is it like a true thing, or is it just like?
2: now they're like super fans of the boston celtics and then when when they're playing the utah jazz in the playoffs so they kidnap the star player of the of the of the opposing team uh just so that their team would win um and then it's about them but it's like a comedy but it's about them trying to like hold him but they're also like you know not the most like intelligent guys so it's kind of like yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's done by Judd Apatow that did. Um...
1: I love him. Knocked up. This is forty. Yeah, I love Judd Apatow. Yes, I'll watch that.
0: <laughs> there you go
2: well Wait. once you've once you've watched it on our patreon me and dom did a whole podcast episode about that movie so and and during it dom fell asleep like pretty much like he's like because he'd been at work since like five in the morning and his eyes like went like black like a shark and he basically <laughs> was almost falling asleep and we kept it in the podcast of being like are you almost like asleep right now <laughs> do you remember dom
0: yeah i was it was tough it was 4 a.m wasn't it i was starting work at four at because it was like pandemic craziness at my, my previous job so i was starting work at four in the morning and yeah absolute nightmare and we we would podcast until sometimes beyond midnight
2: <laughs> yeah well and this is probably a good point to say that for non-patreon members uh I, I just like dumped a load of our mighty 90 stuff onto YouTube. Uh, just the audio of some of the ones when we had uh, like c- uh, celebrity guests on. So like cool runnings with Rory Lewis and the mighty ducks ones with uh Averman and uh little, little giants, free ninjas, like a, a, a load. They're all on the Johnny tsunami. They're all on YouTube now. So you can, you can check all of those out if you're interested but Deidre, we are going in to this episode which is a great episode well wow, I enjoyed it we'll talk about it in judgment land was there a particular reason why this episode stood out to you and why you wanted to choose it to, to co-host with us
1: if I'm being completely honest no because I don't like season two so I was like I'm gonna pick one and so then I, I did kind of say I believe that there are some positive or some really profound um, messages throughout this episode. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick this one. But there wasn't a lot of thought into it, if I'm being honest, for for this season. But I'm still excited. So.
2: <laughs> Fair. Okay. Well, as our guest, uh, which character would you like to start with?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. So... Um... I was gonna say Nathan because he showed up first, but I'm like, is that too like too into the gate off the bat?
2: Hey, your episodes, however you want to play it.
1: Um, yeah, let's start with Nathan because he's first. You see him first on the screen.
2: Okay, Dom, my man, can you tell us about Nathan. It's a there's a lot of pity
0: and self loathing in Nathan's world right now, isn't there? Um, I couldn't help on my rewatch of this episode. So we, we do the live watch along and it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of feel his pain and stuff like that. And I, I think the problem is, is watching it multiple times in the space of a week because I got to a point of thinking, get yourself out of this pit. Come on, man. Sort yourself out. But he's so heartbroken, isn't he? He's just completely, completely heartbroken. I'm just trying to think where he started in the episode because I remember him painting over stuff in the house oh it's 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 when they're um whitey's and they're all in the classroom aren't they whitey's saying this time capsule blah blah blah. and nathan says do we all do we have to do it and whitey's like yes you have to do it and forces him into it kind of thing
1: there's this can i there's a scene before that like when it first opens nathan is across the screen and at that point you don't know that they're doing a time capsule and he's talking about how like you can't trust anybody
0: Spot on, perfect. Thank you for for that. Yes, you know I, the 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 black background bit and the the solo kind of talking into the camera. I actually really enjoyed that from this episode. And uh, Nathan had some some good moments in there. Um, we now know he hates voicemails, so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's important to throw in there. But yeah, definitely good good spot.
2: But just to, just to say on that Dom, I really also really liked when they're in like the spotlight and doing the time capsule. I think for a couple of reasons, one, I think it's like really well lit like it was quite um, they it made them all look really good. I know that sounds really strange, but um when we're used to seeing them in natural light outside and whatever, and this was like quite studio light um and then secondly. I thought it was a really good test of each of their individual acting skills because having to sort of monologue to a camera without anyone else to interact to can really show like the strength of how they're delivering the lines. And I think it's a, it's in a testament to all of them because none of them gave a bad performance. And I think particularly uh, Hilary Burton is really like captivating and quite... Um, natural and like uh her eyes are crazy like as in i didn't realize her eyes are kind of like uh like greeny like hazily. um i thought she looked really pretty in this episode <laughs> I so, it, it, something's different Her hair's different deidre what's going on What what's happening with hillary in this
1: episode <laughs> i actually noticed that too and i don't know if it was I've always like noticed her eye color and things, but I don't know if it was just the lighting and kind of her hair seemed a little bit different curled this time, the way they kind of had it. So I don't know if it was a mixture of that and her skin looked really nice. I mean, I don't know. That's what I would, maybe it's the lighting, I think, but yeah, I think she's re- she looked really pretty too.
0: You know what it really was? So she smelt fantastic.
1: <laughs>
0: and you oh, could just tell.
1: That, I did not like that part, guys. Oh, horrible, like... horrible, horrible! <laughs> Made me ins- uncomfortable.
2: So like you smell insanely good. My last girlfriend smelled like a skank core, So it's really different for me, you know. <laughs> but
1: uh,
2: uh, so back to, c- <laughs> back to Nathan. Go on, Dom.
0: Oh no, sorry. You carry on. Tell us, tell us what you thought about Nathan in in this little um
2: section. what. I I, firstly, when they're watching the time capsule video, uh, which we later find out is is whitey in the video, which I think is a great little twist. And I don't think people saw coming. I mean, Dom, did you see that coming?
0: I have to be uh, honest. I I did. Yeah. (laughs) I thought if that's going to be anyone, you'd want it to be whitey. And I was thinking that's that's that got to be the connection, surely. And then it it turned out to be him. But I'm not, you know, not one for blowing me own trumpet. So.
2: Well, um, Deidre, how did you feel about it being Ye?
1: Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm like Dom. I knew because I was like, wait, how would he be getting anyone else? I like, I don't think he would use use anyone else's clip. But I was so sad, but in in a good way too. Like <laughs> just because the message he was saying throughout there, and especially the one you see at the end, I was like, oh, this is so sad, but also happy at the same time. I don't know. I liked it
2: well i liked his like the 50s version of the letterman jacket like sort of Mm. more like a cardigan type situation i thought that would be a cool prop to have that that exists somewhere in a in a box at warner brothers somewhere and that's a that's a crime that i don't own it um (laughs) (laughs) well Deidre, where does nathan go from here
1: so after he's in the classroom with Whitey, and Whitey asks to speak with him, and he says no, um, I believe the next time he's at the dealership with Dan, and Dan's ha- trying to have a conversation with him, and Nathan tells him that he's drunk and bitter, and Dan's trying to tell him to reach out to Lucas and talk with his brother, especially now that they're all going to be working together, and. Um, Nathan's like nice try and he's like I quit and out he goes
0: but I actually noted down uh, Nathan's line because it, it really made me laugh I thought it was really funny when um, it really does Dan call him son hey son how you getting on what does he call him Nathan in this scene I couldn't remember either way when he calls him son it always creeps me out it like Nathan or Lucas it always gives me a really weird feeling just call him by the name don't need the whole son thing it's a bit odd but either way when he calls him over he's like how are you doing and, and Nathan says drunk bitter kind of like mom
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that part yeah that's right
0: that was fantastic I mean Nathan is really really coming into his own like as just as a character like the, the kind of self-loathing and really like whiny sadness i get it i understand i kind of want him to start seeing past it a little bit now hopefully you know next episode or or beyond or yonder but um he's really got that sarcastic kind of tone about him and the the quick responses that like even that that dan has and he he's he really is like replicating and emulating dan and I, i think that's brilliant and he doesn't realize he's doing it but it's so good
2: Nice. Um. And then where where do we see him beyond this?
0: He he's in his apartment, isn't he? When Lucas comes to visit him, and he's painting pink on the wall, then puts the clown picture on the wall. And Lucas is like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Ah, oh, Haley hates pink, and she's creeped out by clowns." And it's just like, so she's going to come home to her, you know, husband that has missed her and really loves her, to this really hostile. <laughs> horrible environment that makes no sense
2: (laughs) but you get it though right like we've all been there like you just feel angry and it's like uh is well his anger is it feels like it's one way like he feels unwanted at this point doesn't he He feels like she wants to be with chris and he says he feels insecure but he's taking that emotion and putting it into anger towards her by painting over a face in her least favorite color and putting a creepy clown. What I liked about the clown was it was massively long. (laughs) Like So yeah. I mean, Deidre, what did you make of this?
1: Nathan I mean, it is a little bit like, okay, Nathan, but in a way it's justified. He's trying to find a way to let his anchor out and he doesn't know how to feel right now. Um, and on your comment, Dom, about you know if if Haley were to come back and it would be a toxic thing for her to see, it's like, well, I mean, if I were thinking about that, it's like if she were to, then what what would you expect? Like, of course he's going to be mad. Of course, um, if she didn't just leave and he was going to be fine with it, especially with how they left the conversation. So I think it's a little bit like, okay, let's try to let's try to be better, Nathan, but also. I I can see why you're I can see why you're doing that
0: I mean to be fair Haley's probably going to be more sort of pardon my French but pissed off that the piano's been thrown against the wall
1: (laughs) yeah breaking that wedding wall with all those pictures
2: yeah (laughs) I, I, I just think he doesn't have she doesn't I just think she doesn't have a leg to stand on really like as if she was to come back and be whatever like it's she there's no really two ways about it i feel like she was in the wrong there was a massive massive debate on our instagram uh on the post of him throwing the the keyboard into the wedding wedding rule oh god i can't speak i'm sorry into the wedding wall is a wall isn't it oh my brain yeah. brain yeah that's
1: mysterious. what they called it it's a wedding wall yeah yeah
2: I'm sorry um baby, baby it's the baby, baby
0: right that's what we're it's gonna blame
2: it on right when she when he threw the keyboard into the wedding wall uh that that was the picture that I put up on Instagram to promote the podcast episode and there was just so many comments underneath it and people getting really like spicy about it in terms of some people being like Haley's so in the wrong she should never have left and you know she's treating him like this that and the other and blah 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 and other people being like well she has a dream can she not follow her dream nathan would have gone to high flyers and would have done this and would have done that and it really like divides people but i feel like it's like 75 80 percent are in favor of nathan is is the one in the right here and uh though he didn't handle it in the best way but you know and Haley's in the wrong and, you know, about 20% the other way around. I'm,
1: I'm going I think to... it's a... Oh, sorry. I no, go. I think it's different, though, because if Nathan goes to High Flyers, he wouldn't have been going to High Flyers with someone that he kissed just a few days prior. Like, there's just... There's a difference there. And, um yeah, I just think that Nathan, all the way on this one, I know she wants to follow her dream, but, like, I, I posted to you on... Uh, Patron, I just think that there would have been other opportunities and this was just a terrible time for her to leave. If you know your marriage is that bad, um, that should be first priority and then you can figure that out later. Like I said, especially since Peyton is having music come in and out of trick, there could have been more opportunities. I just think she wasn't putting what she needed to put first first at that time.
0: I'm going to put this to bed once and for all. Now, I'm going to tell everyone on Instagram and Patreon and all our listeners that Haley is in the wrong. Nathan got a letter saying he got into high flyers and that he could go. And what did he do? He didn't go because he didn't want to spend a whole summer away from her or however many weeks it was. So he said, I'm not going to go. He didn't kiss anyone else. So many opportunities and so many things have cropped up and happened that you think he's going to be a naughty boy here and he's going to do it. But he doesn't do it because he's in love with Haley. And he, he wants to spend all his time with her and he's super happy. She's the one that disappears. She she buggers off to New York. She kissed another guy. She goes off to New York with that other guy. It's a no-brainer, people. stop. There's, there's just no, absolutely no discussion anymore. She's in the wrong. Nathan's right.
2: <laughs> Works. Works for
0: me. But
1: that's what's great about this show, right? So even though we're still like, She's in the wrong. She's in the wrong. It's okay that people think that she's not, you know, it's okay that they have their own opinion. And that's what makes us be able to have conversation because if we all were like agreed on everything, it'd be like, that's boring. So it's okay. You know, he's okay. For my opinion, she's in the wrong, but it's cool to have the people that think that she doesn't because everything can always bring different perspectives, even if you don't fully agree with them. So
0: Keeping our listenership there, well
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, right? I mean, uh, we respect everyone's opinion, and and we love it to be able to have the discussion. So you know, um, yeah, we're we're all for that. And I think it's a pertinent point to make right now that Dom, this is the period in which they there was actually a One Tree Hill music tour. So where Haley's on tour in the show in real life, Bethany Joy lends. Tyler Hilton, The Wreckers, and Gavin DeGraw uh, as a as a four or whatever were, were like touring America, but they were touring as uh, Haley, so she was doing a set. She was opening the set as like Haley. Uh, and I'm guessing, I don't know if Tyler Hilton was playing as Chris Keller. I don't know. I'm assuming he was, if she was. And then there's like the records. And the, And then what they were having in like the different states and cities and whatever, they would have cast members from One Tree Hill. So like Paul Johansson, Lee Norris, you know, Sophia Bush, whoever, come and like introduce the acts on. And it was sort of like as if the show was in real life. And I remember uh, hearing on some of the behind the scenes, like dvd stuff uh i think joe DeVola, who's w- like one of the main producers was saying that they realized they had something special when uh like Haley or bethany joy lens was the opening act of the show and everybody the whole theater or whatever would be packed and like that's you know unheard of for like the opening act but it's because almost she was more popular than you know the records the records of gavin negor etc um so I mean, Deidre, what I mean, what was your knowledge of that, and what do you think of that as a con as a concept?
1: I, you mean the knowledge of them like actually being on tour during the time? I did know that. Um, I actually think it's it's really smart, especially because music is such a big part of the show. It's something that they they want to be a big part of the show. So I think in that terms, um, making music more a part of the show and getting more people in turn to know about your show i think it's really smart and i think it was a great idea and i wish i would have been old old enough because i would have went to (laughs) one of the shows to be honest
2: awesome and Dom, what what do you think because i mean we've spoke i spoke to this spoke to you about this maybe in season one and said that at some point this happens and you were a bit like dubious about it but now you've got like more knowledge of the show and understand the storylines etc i mean what what do you think
0: it's still a little bit odd it's it's still quite strange to i suppose i i guess i'm kind of see trying to see it from their point of view from the performer like they're going to go out onto stage pretending to be someone else in front of a live crowd which i mean isn't any different from theatre so you know i i know exactly what that feels like but it's quite strange it must be must be difficult going out and singing and singing a song to be introduced as Hayley James or, or whatever, you know, and and then having to come on and sing it when actually she might want to be recognized as Bethany Joy Lenz because she's a credible artist and so on and so forth. But I also, I also quite like it. I think it, I think it's quite nice to, to be able to provide that for your fans. Let's, let's put together a live event and make it feel like the, the, this group of fans are, a part of it and that are part of the show in some way and yeah that's, that's quite a special way to do it i think
2: yeah i'm all for it i think it's dope i mean i i wish that, uh yeah the same as deidre that i wish that well i would have been old enough that in a different you know different continent so but <laughs> you know but i think at the conventions they do some of these things like maybe not performing as the characters but like Tyler Hilton uh, performed at some of the conventions and some other characters that, you know, Dom, you haven't seen yet, like perform at the conventions. And uh, I, I I feel like Bethany Joy Lenz has as well. I mean, I, Deidre, have you ever been to any of the, I know you said you haven't been to Wilmington, but I know sometimes they do them in different places. Have you ever been to any of the One Tree Hill conventions or anything?
1: No, sadly. Um, but I do know that she is saying, I've seen clips online where She is saying a few of her songs at um, a convention. And I believe she's actually performed with Tyler Hilton at a convention before, from what I've seen online.
0: I really hope Lee Norris gets up and does baby baby cop back. (laughs) That would be awesome. His signature tune.
1: (laughs) They did a karaoke night. They they sold... uh, See, I follow the convention stuff, but I've never been. I know they did they sold tickets one time for a karaoke night. Um kind of like um what they what Mouth did in that episode. And I believe Antoine, Lee, Hillary and a few other people were there and they just did a karaoke night and all the fans were there with them. Oh, that would awesome. have been cool.
2: Well Dom, what would you choose to sing karaoke if you in front of them and everyone else?
0: Oh my god um i have no idea hotel california by the eagles
2: that's a long song man that's yeah. like a six and a half minute song
0: but but there's a lot of guitar in it so.
2: <laughs> what are you doing though while that guitar is happening just i'm
0: swaying my friend just and swaying. I'm just swaying all the way
2: <laughs> just thinking about the will smith and hitch just the the clap and the two-step yeah deidre what would your uh karaoke song be
1: Without too much context to this, I think the song is called "Tricky," and I think you'll know what I'm talking about, Simon. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'd go with that one without saying anything else.
2: That's a good call. I mean, we okay. could also say like "Holiday" is the <laughs> best day. You could that could be a good song? Um, I think for me, I guess at this point there would only be one choice, right? Are you gonna pick Gavin DeGraw's opener? No. Come okay. on, guys. <clears throat> Keeping up appearances. I just, I'm just avoiding this. moment. Sorry, Dom, I'm singing. Keeping up with the drums. De- Deidre, did you ever think you'd get a live performance from me on this?
1: Listen, I'm grateful for it because actually it's been, actually, I don't know if I'm grateful for it because it's stuck in my head. I'm not kidding. Sometimes during the day, I'll just be like, keep it up up here it is. i'm like dang it simon why'd you do that to me so kind of grateful for it and i don't know if i am on the other side because it's stuck in my head all the time
2: well, when you're <laughs> hearing funny. it are you hearing travis singing it or are you hearing me singing it
1: i'm hearing you singing it
2: then you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it was travis then yeah that's not that's unfortunate but if it's me that's that's a that's a great voice right there <laughs>
0: what's really bad is that i'm inclined to agree
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh god i was joking (laughs) but that song's also ruined for me as well i'm I'm quite looking forward to when season three starts so that it's no no longer in the intro (laughs) like it's uh every time i hear it when i'm editing i'm like oh yeah was that a good decision maybe not (laughs) (laughs) seemed funny at the time but where else do we see nathan i know he appears at the party at some point to to get alcohol i mean we might get some of the, the this out of order he's sort of it's quite comical at these points you know he's there i ran out um brooks like oh thank you for coming yeah whatever i just ran out of alcohol um he's also i'm not sure if this was before or after that i feel like this is before he's like stealing everything out of Dan and Deb's fridge, and Lucas says, "Keep the caviar." I've acquired a taste for it, which I thought was quite funny. I mean, what did you guys think of these moments?
1: Was that in this episode, or did I miss it? I Jesus don't think it was.
2: Christ.
1: Yeah, I in don't think next- it was. This is my fault because I wasn't available till Thursday. It's okay. Yeah, I don't think the caviar part was, but the alcohol definitely. Yeah,
0: but the whole fridge sequence is is in the next episode. <laughs>
2: It's not your fault, Deidre. It's both of your fault because I'm super <laughs> flexible, right? Both of you had, you know, different things and whatever, um, you know. So oh,
0: sorry, I've got a job.
2: Yeah, and I'll accept your apology in part, but I'd rather just quit and be available.
1: Okay. And I'll plan better next time.
2: Nah, no, that's not I yours. don't come
1: on until season three, episode twenty-one, so we've got plenty of time lots of months it's okay i'll plan better next time i'm
2: just i'm just messing around but it it it, for real is getting it is actually getting quite hard um with the time difference is is getting significantly more difficult because like the ideal window for us to record i'm keeping this in because it's important for people to know that are coming on in the future the the ideal time for us to record is about 9 p.m our times that gives like a three hour window to like midnight um and but 9 p.m like your time would be like 3 p.m in the afternoon so then it's like that you know and people work and do whatever so um it's yeah it's becoming a bit tough and then the weekends are like you know family time and stuff so it's uh but we make it work we've only got to, we've only got to make it work for another three and a bit years so <laughs> it's
0: okay I, I put an offer on a house today on a on a on a flat on a property so did you I- yeah so if i get it and
2: i'll um i can stay up to however
0: long hey, i want Do you know what I mean?
2: that's amazing why are you only telling me now i only did it just before i came on the podcast <laughs> you don't do big life decisions without talking to me first well, i'm so sorry next
0: time i will talk to you i mean the offer will get pinged back as a no because it was like 30 grand less than what they want but you know hey. We're in discussion, so it's fine. It's start the ball is rolling.
2: That's but amazing, man. Congratulations. It means I won't
0: be disturbing other people in the in the house I live in, so I can stay up till three AM doing okay.
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's oh well, congratulations. Even if it you know it gets declined, it's like yeah, the start of negotiations. That's dope.
0: We'll be in season four, I'll be like, I'm still here, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: Are you like? Do you really want the place? Is it like one where it's like you? We'd be disheartened if uh, if it doesn't work out.
0: I'll be a little bit unhappy if it goes to someone else or they they say no or something like that. But I'm quietly confident.
2: Well, wow, that's awesome, man! Congratulations, and fingers crossed.
0: Thank you. Um, All right, Nathan at the party at getting himself hammered, although he says he's like barely buzzed or whatever. And uh, Anna brings to Lucas's attention that Nathan has been going through people's coats. <laughs> well, namely Lucas's coat, because he, he he brings up, oh, nice car outside. Is that a present from daddy? And he kind of makes a big thing of it. And you can see there's elements of jealousy and that's starting to, to creep through now. As things that I said, you know, that Dan is kind of going to divide these two. By taking on Lucas and it's it's going to make their relationship really tense and um, Lucas isn't going to be fully honest with Nathan from from the beginning so it's just going to make it a lot worse and it's been highlighted to Lucas that he now that Nathan now has his car keys and he goes and gets in the car and he goes to to drive off and Lucas manages to jump in on time and uh, it, it just becomes a little bit of a crazy car chase from there with, they um is he has he got a can of beer he's got a
2: can of beer in his hand drinking away i think it's a like a, a red cup because he throws it and it like sprays all over the police car doesn't it
0: yeah and lucas is like it's it's still an open container you can't have that it's you know it's against the law i think the fact that he's underage is <laughs> the against the law bit
2: <laughs> yeah well, they do this magical switch around of the, you know, in a couple seconds. Well, the when the police have pulled them over. I mean, Deidre, do you think it's possible to change seats that quickly?
1: No, it's definitely not. I think that was the art of a TV show. I don't think I'm just thinking like, especially their size, them trying to switch seats. The cop was not that far back from them. I feel like they would not make it in time, or they would see them trying to switch, but. That's just my thought.
0: I've got, I've got a theory on this, Simon, and I'd like to try it out with you one day when you know, you're happy to be in a car with someone else. I'll wear a mask, whatever you want. I'll mm-hmm. wear a full hazmat suit if I have to. But I think if they both quickly put the, the seat all the way back, <laughs> one, one of them sits up, one of them shuffles back, and then they switch. Get back into the seat properly, and the back's up. Quick switch around. Okay. That's how I'd do it.
2: I think your your car is kind of um like similarly shaped almost to their to the car in it, like as in it's kind of like that sporty type. So I think we've got the perfect test vehicle there. So oh, yeah, let's do this.
0: More than happy to try it in my car, yeah.
2: So we just gotta find a police officer, I'll throw some beer at their windscreen. And I'll and take the blame. Then we, <laughs> <then> we <laughs> I see what works, you're doing here. <laughs> works for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Simon's got more to lose. To be fair.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you get your you get your play your offer's accepted, then you know we have to start that they'll come to the window and we're still arguing about who's going to take the blame. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Hold on, officer. We just got to put the seats back. <laughs>
2: yeah, give us a sec. Can you come back two minutes, please? <laughs> okay so um they get to prison deidre and um and it goes down really like i mean an, an exchange of words uh you know information and um, so i wrote down in this episode i wrote down so many lines for contender of favorite line uh and one of them was lucas's in here which was um which was nice work jack hole <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard that expression before like what is a jack hole like deidre
1: you know i want to say it's like can i cuss on here
2: <laughs> you okay. listen to the podcast right <laughs> I,
1: yeah but i mean i don't know sometimes i just feel like i should ask i want to say it's like asshole mixed with jack ass like a jack hole
0: Yeah, i don't know
1: that's just my initial thought but i thought it was funny too i was like that's a good one i hadn't really heard that before either
2: that makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, i like that dom comments
0: i I think the scene in the cell um pre the fight the fight and after the fight was my favorite scene Uh, like scenes of the whole episode i really enjoyed them being stuck together and then rowing and even lucas saying come on just get over yourself a little bit now that's enough enough's enough stop with the self pity crap and and move on but a lot funnier than that it was a really funny scene um as well as you know again like i said a lot of information coming out the truth comes out the reason i'm staying there is because i'm protecting keith as much as possible and um even when it, even when Lucas breaks the news of you know Deb has slept with Keith, he, <laughs> Lucas is like uh, Nathan's just like, all right, okay, great. <laughs> just he has no idea what to do, you know, other than laugh and be sarcastic and just say, that's how I screwed up our family is. Wonderful.
2: Well before they have that, before they when they're getting into their fight, something I can't remember what the first setup was, but the second one was something like, Oh, like how Nathan says, like how my uh my dad preferred my mum over your mum and then Lucas says, kind of like how Haley prefers Chris over you. Oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> pow.
2: <laughs> I mean, Deidre, was the was the punches, was the fight justified?
1: I think, yes, in that moment because of how Nathan is emotionally and where they were with, you know, getting pulled over, Lucas taking the fall. You know, Nathan's not been very, you know, nice to him the past episode or two. So, yes, I do want to say, though, I'm like, ooh, Lucas, that was kind of low. That was a real low blow. Like, you're not facing the challenges that Nathan's facing right now, and I just think saying that, that – kind of like how your wife prefers Chris Keller over you I was like you didn't have to go there like that was a little bit like you're his brother you know he's going through something right now Eh. but I think I think it was justified in that moment they were just so mad everything's been kind of building up with them both so yeah I think it was They're brothers too they're gonna fight probably you know
0: that was exactly what I was gonna say. Brothers fight, it happens, you know. Yeah. It's just not not normally under those circumstances, but right these things happen.
2: And uh Lucas, we're kinda of, <clears throat> we'll just talk on this because it's in context. But Lucas calls Karen to bail him out and she says, Have you got a quarter? Yes, great. Call the call your dad that you love so much or something along those lines, and just hangs up and just Leaves him in there, so they then have to go and get Dan to bail them out, and then they have that great scene just outside of uh, of of the police station, and uh, Nathan sort of lets Dan know that um, you know that he knows about Keith and and Deb, and says, "Oh, tell Mum." Keith says hi, and we get this moment of Lucas saying, "Thank you." dad and the first time he calls him dad crazy Deidre did you like it you put in a face you didn't like it
1: no I did not (laughs) I did not I mean I have a really conflicting opinion about Dan in this episode though but I won't go into that right now but I'm like Lucas uh, I I don't think Lucas was saying it because he really wanted to call him dad I think he was saying it for ulterior motive so Dan could think that he's closer to him and there's nothing really going on but I was like, oh, I still didn't like hearing it. <laughs> a little cringe for me.
0: It, it was exactly the same for me when I, when I heard it last week, when we were doing the watch along, I was like, oh, I, I, I pulled a face and I was, I was not impressed uh, by the dad moment. Uh, but you're, I think you're spot on. It's for, you know, I keep my uh, friends close, but my enemies closer. So the the more he can draw down in, Uh, And lull him into this false sense of security. Then the more he, uh, the more it will backfire eventually on Dan. And it's a very Dan maneuver. So you know, Lucas, Lucas does take after his father after all.
2: And speaking of parents, uh, Lucas's mother Karen is just lurking there in the shadows, (laughs)
1: like
2: creeping on everyone.
1: I was not happy about that i know we're not on karen but it goes back to when you were saying dom like wh- i don't remember exactly what you said but when she like says something to lucas about her- him being a little shit and then she like takes it back it's like you said you weren't gonna bail him out why did you go to the police station leave him there <laughs> it. exactly karen, i really liked you until right then <laughs> made me mad stay home but let Janet- him sit
2: do you know what actually i i actually gonna say i have an opposing opinion like i understand what you're saying but that that is like a parent thing to do isn't it it's like yeah okay i've I've told him because i you know he's made me mad because he's you know chosen down over me and uh, doesn't understand what's going on but at the end of the day she needs to make sure that he's safe because he's still like you know her son or you know, like her baby in in her eyes, I guess. So she just she has to know that she's okay, but she was a little bit lurky and, and we want her to be more uh, domineering and fierce. But I feel, you know, the reality is she needs to know he's okay.
1: I agree with you, actually. You know, when I first watch it, that's what I think. But when you say that, it's like, okay, yeah. Like, in terms of karen's character i do want her to be a little bit more that but it is her son and i have to admit that she should probably make sure he's safe but you know part of me is like come on karen wait till the morning at least you know he's in the jail cell (laughs) but i i get what you're saying i think you are right from a parent perspective yeah
2: I mean I, I, I get I get what you're saying too though, you know. See look, look at this. This is how we solve things on this podcast. If only like politics and everything else was this easy. Basically, <laughs> what I'm saying is Ravens podcast for president.
0: I of, the, don't. of the world.
2: <laughs> yeah, of the world. It's a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just peace. And prosperity for everyone that share the wealth out. Everyone eats, everyone gets healthcare, everyone's happy, and everyone watches One Tree Hill.
0: And everyone has a Chad Michael Murray face mask.
2: <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> you know, like everyone's getting the vaccine. You get a vaccine and you get a face mask. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. We just solved the world's problems. Uh, um, okay, where does Nathan move from here? probably back to
0: self-pity
2: central (laughs) oh he goes back to his apartment doesn't he which is self-pity central i guess um and lucas comes and gets him and they go to the river court and he's like you know we gotta we gotta get out of here and he has a really great line where he says um you need to remember that when hayley met you you was a lesser guy so maybe uh you know you need to be a little bit more forgiving or understanding when Hades being lesser I've I've I'm paraphrasing but in that mode and I I felt like it kind of got to him it felt like it he he received that and then they went to the river court and they were playing uh playing basketball and you were seeing Nathan be a little bit more himself I mean what, what did we think of these scenes
1: I I like these scenes. I like that since there was so much like, um, I like that they're together and they're having conversations and it seems like brotherly conversations. Like Lucas is trying to help him out. Nathan is, it seems like you said, he's listening. It got to him. They're together on the river court. It just feels like what Nathan needs right now. Something like that with Lucas. So I really enjoyed the conversation and I think it puts it into perspective for him because, you know... Haley put up with a lot from Nathan. I know this is different because they're married, but she put up with a lot for him when he was a lesser guy, and I think it's just like don't give up all the way because she dealt with all these things. So please remember to try to at least be there for her when she's a lesser version of herself. So I really like that conversation a lot, actually.
2: Yeah, nice. Do have any comments?
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of perfect probably situation you're supposed to have that um kind of look let, let's fight about it get over it and then get to get to a resolution so yeah i, I like these moments they're good
2: okay so let's say that wraps up nathan um deidre who do you want to go into next
1: let's go to brooke because I liked Brooke in this episode, and that doesn't happen for me all the time, you guys. So let's go to Brooke.
2: (laughs) Oh, you you start us off then. Tell us about her.
1: Okay, so I believe, um, other than her sitting in the classroom when Whitey's explaining the time capsule, the first time you see her, she's walking in the quad, I think is what they call it, and Lucas comes up to her to give her a present for being the president and in true Brooke fashion she's like I freaking love being the president um (laughs) he gives her the book with the quotes in it and then some magazines and then um kind of to bring Felix into it too Felix comes up and is like hi and Brooke's like how was your cruise and he was like it was awful without you and uh she's he's like what's that she's like oh Lucas got me a present for being um president and he kind of gives Lucas that look and then he tells brooke that he's going to throw her a party for her being president because of course he has to one-up lucas Mm. so that's the first part where we see um brooke
2: did you think this party was planned or do you think he made it up on the spot just to do the one-upmanship
1: he made it up
2: you think i kind of thought that he, he maybe did and that's the point of why all the people that were there were just random people that he didn't really know and like basically stoners is what he was saying wasn't it
1: because i think that you saw on his face when he looked at lucas he felt threatened by it he felt threatened by the fact that her ex-boyfriend was doing something like that for her so of course like i said he has to be you know a level up and so he's like okay i'll just throw a party because why not so it was kind of i think it was thrown together in that win
2: yeah nice Yeah,
0: I I really didn't like Felix and Anna's kind of contribution to this scene. I almost think they're completely unnecessary at this point. I know we had to reintroduce them so that we could develop the party and then obviously develop Anna's um, solo session with the the camera uh, for the time capsule. But that could have been just part of conversation. Oh, Felix came back. Uh, and we're gonna have a party. He said he's invited loads of people. You know it, that would have done. It didn't have to be that that awkward scene because it's quite nice getting the presence from Lucas. Because you, you'd kind of think that Brooke currently does she still live next door to Felix? At the moment she's not. She, they're not out of that house yet. So they would have. She would have known that he was back. They would have gone to school together. They're still boyfriend and girlfriend. That it just. Didn't make sense for me that bit at all. It's almost like Felix was just put in because you know we needed a douchebag to turn up for five minutes. You know, it was just I, I really didn't like it at all. But, um, I, I often like Brooke, I think Brooke's brilliant. I like her character, she does have her uh, pitfalls, and she's had some episodes where she's been a pretty horrendous person. Um, but she sort of, in my eyes, finds a way to kind of make up for it a little bit so. Brooke at the party is trying to remain like sensible and and just have this honest flow and and she has these really really nice moments in her um, video as well and she she just has all these really good touch points. What what I really want to get to is is kind of mouth and Anna when they break off and go uh, because it it covers Brooke like quite in, intently at this at this moment. If that's okay to move that way, guys, are you all right for that? Of course. Yeah. So we get we get Anna, a mouth, moving off because we know that Anna has said on on the camera and into the time capsule that she's um, bisexual and she kind of wants to change what's been said. I, th- I think initially she's thinking about deleting it and then she decides, you know, actually it's time to make a change. And I, I think she makes that change because of what they notice other people say. And we see Tim, bless him, who had some great lines in this moment, saying that he's like basically sex god of the school (laughs) uh and you know it's a little bit awkward because we know he's totally useless uh but he had some really really good moments and then we get to brooks thing and she says you know i'll I'll probably be married to marvin mcfadden although you'll know him as senator mcfadden and then anna's like who's that and he's like and, and then she says i we know him as mouth and then they're like oh okay maybe we can watch a little bit more of this and it's that intrusion do it it's kind of like reading someone's diary I think we kind of discussed it a little bit on the watch along how do we feel about this what's what's the general consensus
1: I, I don't like that they did that Um, I think that you're right it's like reading someone's diary that's something that should be kept private there's a reason why they don't open them for 50 years however I will say something about Brooks um, when mouth and Anna were listening to Brooke's second part where she's talking about like love like that's what it's all about finding someone that makes I don't remember all that she said but just about love I was like I wonder if that's giving Anna a little bit of like hope and courage to feel more comfortable um within herself so I think I like that Anna saw that because I I want to say myself that I think she feels a little bit more hopeful hearing Brooke talk about love and that's what it's about. Um, but I don't like that they overstep boundaries in that way. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think Anna makes that step change from wanting to have it deleted to making more of a point of it where she says, I'm gay. I like men. I like women. I like this. I like that. And actually if, if there's a problem with that in the future, or if my family don't know that in the future, then right surprise. And it's kind of actually, you know, I'm going to make that statement. I have to make that statement here because it's almost like making that statement to myself. I'm only talking to myself. And then in 50 years time, it, it doesn't matter who who sees it. They're not going to know who I am or, you know, they might, but it, it's unlikely. So it's almost like she has to go back and, and write her own. Not wrong, but kind of her own decision and actually. Uh, come to terms with it it's all about coming to terms with with things you know it's it's like a confession booth and and we're kind of lucky enough to see it in a weird voyeuristic way
2: <laughs> well yeah i mean she says that she hates she hates labels and that she's latina and you know all the other things that you said and you know gay straight i've said on a di on a previous uh podcast i think it was on the clueless podcast that we did uh with uh listen michelle for for the mighty nineties that I really don't like the term straight. I think that it implies that that is a, a correct way and that it implies that uh other ways are not, you know, like straight is right. So I don't like that. I don't like that phrase. And I believe in years to come that that won't be used anymore. So um in my opinion, I think that will become a thing. So um yeah, so I prefer like the term heterosexual or, you know, yeah anyway she also (laughs) says um trying to find my own way like most kids i guess that part is timeless and i thought that is a great line because that's that's so true um there's so many great lines in this unfortunately mark Schwann did write this episode i had to check because i thought this was written particularly well um and and it was him so you know he's a douchebag but unfortunately he was talented um
0: might explain some of the conversations between Brooke and Peyton though because they were quite awkward they were really really awkward I didn't enjoy those scenes at all
2: Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get we'll get to that um just to say because I did I said uh, that I would tell this story quickly when we did the watch along and we, we someone said it was like reading someone's diary um and I had some karma with this so when I was in my adolescence still i was probably i think i was like 20 maybe when i was working at camp america i had like a, a camp romance right with 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 uh with a girl with an american girl and this was like this whole long sort of summer thing uh it was obviously just going to fade out because i was going to go back to the uk and whatever whatever and but I ended up going to after the summer had finished, I ended up going to stay with her at like her dorms at like the the college that she was at. And at one point I was like using her computer or something and she wasn't there. And I saw her diary like just underneath like the table. And I had this whole back and forth. Do I read it? Do I not read it? Do I read it? Do I not read it? What did I do, Dom? You read it. I read it, yeah. Okay, I say it. I read it. I did it. But guess, but guess. Look, it's the wrong thing to do. I wouldn't do that now. You know then I'm like 13 years removed from that. <laughs> but but karma paid paid me out. Bad punished me. Karma punished me because I read through. I was like, and this is like from like the last previous months when we were. Uh, at the camp and whatever. And there's all this stuff in there, like complimentary things about me and things like before the romance had started and, you know, all these nice things. And then I start reading about this other guy. <laughs> That's not me. Uh, and reading about how she really likes this other guy and how she's sort of torn between the two guys and this, all of this stuff that I had no idea that was happening. Uh, And then, anyways then she like comes back in the room a bit later and i have to pretend like i don't know that information now but I, all i can think about is all this and so it ruined it for me so you know there you go don't read into people's things sometimes you might like might not like what you read so there you go lesson learned lesson learned so okay where 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 do they go from here dom um
0: the, the interactions between Brooke and Peyton, we just cover them off uh quickly. That's mostly uh Brooke saying wear this, wear this, wear this, because Peyton has a date with Jake and Brooke is basically saying the whole way through, you're gonna sleep with Jake. That's that's literally like that's all we get from their interactions. Well, that's all I really saw from it. Um mm-hmm. it was kind of a little bit of friendly advice, but almost like poking fun at Peyton as well, because Peyton's like, we want to take it slow you know and and they're like well she's like you might want to take it so and that's fine but he won't and it's it's just it's a weird back and forth I, I didn't didn't enjoy that I prefer her when she's being responsible president rather than weird friend I don't know whether that's the writing whether that's just because that's how they wanted the character to go I don't, I don't know but yeah but a, a moment a moment in the episode I, I didn't enjoy
2: yeah and i think i i don't really quite understand this whole thing about him being like so much more experienced than than peyton like i get that he has a child um but you know the the probabilities and odds you know peyton could have also had a child she also you know had sex with nathan you know and you know in case they weren't aware that is how babies are made so um you know jake
0: even even agrees though because peyton peyton at one point says when when he's going through the drawer and finds all the condoms and he's like oh, i pictured you with lucas and she's like i've never been with lucas it was all nathan and she's like oh i picture with nathan now and she's like we'll just stop and then it, it gets into the conversation and she says i've only been with one guy and you're obviously a lot more experienced you know you got jenny and he's like yeah <laughs> you could have just been with Nikki and unfortunately got a bit unlucky if that's not what you wanted
2: exactly (laughs) what's to say what what's the evidence to say that jake's been with this like string of women i mean deidre comments thoughts
1: you know that's actually a good point because i was thinking that too i was like in my mind like maybe he's only just been with nikki like having like you guys said having a child doesn't doesn't mean you're experienced so but maybe that's just where they wanted it to go maybe the reason for peyton saying these things and everyone else saying that he's experienced is the writer's way of letting us know like hey we're telling you he's experienced just kind of a way for us to know maybe but i kind of was thinking the same thing as you guys
0: Hmm. good point
2: so what what else um where else do we go um
0: well brooke at the party she's a little bit Fed up with it, isn't she? She knows immediately that the party's not for her, and I think we can see Brooke is swaying away from Felix now. Nathan, oh Nathan, I do that every time. Lucas and Brooke's relationship is really starting to patch itself up, and it, and it's really starting to the balls rolling. You know, we're having a snowball effect, and that snowball's getting bigger. And they're starting to enjoy their, their time with each other again. And and we know Lucas still loves her and very much has, you know, strong feelings for her and feels like something could happen. Um, and Brooke, I think, is kind of in the, you know, I'm quite happy as I am. I, I don't necessarily need anyone right now um, as much as she's always been the sort of characters like, oh, you've got to have a boyfriend, you've got to have a guy, you know, and that sort of thing. But she's you know starting to realize that she's kind of kind of doing the reverse Erica Marsh she's she's you know taking on responsibility and realizing that she can help people and she doesn't have to be this popular glamorous you know sex crazed teenager
2: (laughs) how do you feel about Erica Marsh Deidre
1: I like her. I think she's just a teen that's trying to find her way. I mean, like all of them are, right? But I just think that, especially right now, because her identity was so rooted in being the president, um, that now that she's not, um, she's kind of just losing her way a little bit and trying to find herself. And so this is kind of how it's manifesting right now, um, partying behaviors and things. But I like her. I don't dislike her.
2: Nice. Nice.
0: and and brooke ends up looking after her at the end of the episode that's kind of how brooke's episode goes you know she she stops she stops that guy from taking her home and says you know you're going home with rosie palm tonight is it um that's
2: another great line which is a very good
0: line and you know takes erica home and erica's like never felt like this before she's like trash cans there you know go ahead and and that caring side that we have seen a few times from brooke is, is really um, starting to shine
1: that's what I was gonna say that I really really enjoyed about Brooke this episode because this is like the version of Brooke that I really like I like a lot of other versions of her too but just knowing because I've always known from the beginning that Brooke is more than just the party girl even though that's the facade she tries to put on and when she shows things like this uh, making the safe Passage program, taking care of Erica, making the decision not to drink, realizing that she can do more. I like this version of her a lot. It's good that this version is coming out.
2: So, yeah, okay, good, cool. Because was
1: it season? What season was it? One where this was after lucas and peyton kissed at the when brooke dared them to she woke up that next morning and peyton said something like this is the second weekend in a row you've woken up not remembering what happened the night before so Mm. just to see that progression there of where she's going to a party not doing that and she's helping somebody else it's just nice to see her evolve in that way
2: yeah totally good nice good nice what is is there more more from brooke
1: oh i can i say this too um uh talking about reading a room felix cannot read a room to save his life because whenever he came in and brooke is like oh who are all these people and he's like i'm gonna go get a drink and she's like okay i'm like you're not picking up on the fact that she's not into this like what is going on and then when they when Brooke and Felix have that scene where he comes into her bedroom at the end and he's like, How much do you hate me? And she's like, I don't hate you. But she's like, you know, I'm proud of myself for what I've done. And, you know, she tells him the JFK quote, just like, I don't understand why he's not picking up on this from Brooke. I'm like, You can't read a room.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point. He he also I I don't know if you guys noticed this when uh uh, brick comes into the party he goes to like get her a drink or something he exits the the scene and he bumps into one of the extras and then and then keeps going Um but when he does it he says sorry and i'm wondering if that was an actual just mistake because there's no reason why um you know why that would be written in it doesn't it doesn't impact on the story at all did you guys see that no,
0: I didn't notice that. I didn't just, either.
2: Just random. He just bumps it like he shoulder bumps uh, like a girl and he's like, oh, sorry, and keeps going. So I think he did it in real life. <laughs> he just kept it in. <laughs> uh, Okay.
0: Right. So I'm thinking we can kind of wrap up unless there's anything major that we, we haven't covered, but I think we've sort of covered mouth, Anna and Felix now. So they kind of signed off because they interweave with quite a lot of other people's stories. Unless there's anything burning, for these three characters
2: i i would just say on anna when she's doing her um her time capsule video she must have like a strapless top on but it actually looks like she's naked <laughs> that's one thing oh, okay <laughs> she gets in the time capsule She's like i'm gonna get comfortable you know i'm just gonna enjoy my time in here but um, and i'm
0: i'm you know i'm i'm gay i like women i like men and i like taking my clothes off
2: yeah i hate clothes so i'm taking them <laughs> off um and i've uh i thought they had a good i i liked the balance between mouth and anna it was actually quite a nice pairing and i thought um it was nice that she told mouth and then mouth was very like reassuring and was like you know i'm not gonna tell anyone you know why did you tell me Or well, maybe it's just nice to tell someone like, i thought these were nice important moments and I think Anna definitely has a place in the show I think that she's important and she represents elements of the show that would be missing without her um I mean we can we, we can be quite honest I mean this is is a it's pretty much an all-white cast besides like a couple of characters and these are some things that if it was recast and redone now like hopefully it would be more representative of society as you know as it actually is um and so i think she, she's important because she's not only representing uh latina communities; she's also representing uh you know uh, whether she's bisexual or homosexual but you know non-heterosexual uh people so i think i think she she is important but felix can go Agreed.
1: <laughs> yeah i agree with that too absolutely
2: so okay, so what was you thinking then, Dom? We should move on to like Dan and Karen. They have some great interaction with uh their meeting.
0: <laughs> yeah, their meeting's a little bit uh a bit crazy. So yeah, happy to go there.
2: Deidre, what did you think of of their they they like sat down to like have a mediation?
1: Yeah, I thought it was funny too. I'm going to go back just a little bit further from that. Cause when she's walking with Andy on the sidewalk and she's like, I'm going to go to this mediator. I'm going to present my case. I'm going to be real calm. And then she's just like, "Ass," And you're like, oh, there it goes. Karen's (laughs) she's done. She's going off. I think Dan knew exactly what he was doing. I think he, he played the situation well for himself. I mean, really, if we're going to be honest, he's like, I offered to do these things. She wouldn't let me. Um, So I think he knew he needed to be calm and collected. I think he was strategic in everything he said. And I enjoyed Karen's response though, because even though she probably should have been calm, I was like, go off, Karen. It's about (laughs) time. (laughs) Go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's like nice to see her do it, but then it's like not the right setting. It's the setting where she's being like judged for it. Um, But I I would just say two quick things is... uh, in the conversation that i had with kieran he plays andy he said in it that um he was really excited when filming um these uh next couple of episodes because he got the motorola razor and that was like a particular thing that they gave to andy's character because he's like a millionaire and it was like the new phone at the time but he was all excited that he gets to use it and it was quite funny knowing that that it does get shown in shot quite a lot that he's got that phone, so I thought that was cool. And then also, I just love the uh, yeah, your your stupid arsy crooked smile. And then my favourite bit is in your arsy frat boy haircut. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts?
0: I, I I like Dan trying to control the room was brilliant He's sitting at the end saying i've tried to provide a good home for my son my eldest son and it's just like all right okay we get it mate you let you're laying it on thick now and then he's like you know i want to provide a loving home and i i she wouldn't let me um give him money and and pay any sort of maintenance and there's there's this weird bit of power play where he goes your name's roger and he's like doug <laughs> Duck, because because your name's not important to me. I don't care what your name is, because actually the outcome of this meeting is I'm walking away with what I want. <laughs> he knows that, and it's it's brilliant. It's a great moment of just like absolute power play. And Karen then comes in, with a ass. He's an ass. Uh, like I didn't take his money because to him money is power. And then she either says power is control or money is control, I'm not sure which way. And then all the asses are out. She's like, exactly like you said, ass, 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 ass. He's just a total ass. And it was a really, really good moment for Karen. I I, re- I did like that she was standing up for herself, but she went in there determined to, to win and just immediately lost it from the get-go.
2: For sure. Totally. And then
0: she, she kind of goes off running to to Andy. I need to. What I need to keep thinking in my head is Candy because Karen and Andy, so yes. will work for me. Not rather than calling in Kieran every time, and she's like a little bit weepy. She's like a major weeper, having a little cry there. And, she's
2: uh, childhood you,
0: yeah, and has a little cry. But uh, Lucas is is very sort of non. He 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 reacts to Karen's ask comments, and. Uh, is a is a little bit disappointed in her i think i think it's more disappointment that she just loses control because he's sitting there thinking you're not making yourself look good here mom
2: yeah totally for sure uh and then uh, do we see any more of dan and karen there's no Deb in this episode she's credit only um should we should we talk about uh whitey
0: is there any more from Dan?
2: No, not
1: that I, I do I will say something about Dan though. When he picked the boys up from jail, I thought it was interesting that um he said to Lucas, Yeah, you sh- you should go be with him. He probably needs you or something like that. You're his brother, like telling him to go be with Nathan. Part of me is like, I think Dan is so manipulative, but part of me is like Part of me thinks he really cares. I'm like, Dan, you act like you're on this power trip and you're manipulative, which he is. But I think this is a way for him to kind of get what he never had. So even though the things with Jules is going on and Lucas is staying with him because of the Jules and Keith thing, at least like in Dan's eyes, at least Lucas is there. So he's not going to admit that he actually wants Lucas there and he wants to build this relationship He's going to use that as a crutch. I just don't think he can be forthcoming with his actual feelings. And I think he actually wants Nathan and Lucas to have a relationship because now that Haley's gone, maybe they can all be together. He just won't admit that he actually wants them all to be together. He's got to stick to the damn facade, I think.
0: I, I have a small theory that he had to separate nathan and lucas to bring them together so he has to drive that wedge in between them to to make them like really dislike each other uh, for for nathan to miss kind of all the things that lucas is now getting he's getting the car he's got the the nice house and the comfy bed and access to this and that so he's going to want that back so him saying go and look after your brother is his way of saying okay i can get these two together and make them friends again and the ultimate goal is get rid of the mums <laughs> so i I get my boys, I get what I want, I get rid of the mums and and I make their life difficult. I think that's the plan
2: well i um, we'll see i I like <laughs> that um I think it, his his ego as well is just so massive that he can't sort of get beyond that. He needs to be seen as like the the ultimate sort of power player um Uh, You also just reminded me of one of my favorite scenes in this episode is Dan and Jules in the church and uh, they're sort of Jules is, you know, basically praying, I think for, for forgiveness, for help, for, for whatever Dan comes in and says that, you know, I'm I'm just going to let this one go. He's always kept his word up until this point. And my favorite bit was his cell phone (laughs) rings and Jules is like, you don't turn your cell phone off in the church. And he said, it might be God <laughs> like, <laughs> calling. It's so funny. It's a great Dan line.
1: What do you think about that, Dom? Actually, whenever um, Dan went into the church and he said, I'll just let this one go. I've kept my word. What did you think was his motive for that? Or what did you think he was ultimately trying to achieve there? <sighs>
0: in my eyes, Dan never gives up what he's like a dog with a bone. So once he's, you know, or if he sinks his teeth into something, he's not going to let go. So I actually think it's again, a bit of power play. It's I need to push Jules uh, into this world of complete full sense of security where she, she knows that I'm not trustworthy. She knows that I've had all this control and I've kind of bullied her all this time and then I'm going to go no 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 do you know what I'm going to drop it it's all fine it, it's all it's there's too much power play involved so I think Dan is still just going do you know what I'm going to leave it because actually if I say that you're going to bury yourself you're going to you are you'll no matter what happens like you said in the last episode it's that chess game uh, I'm thinking so many moves ahead if if you tell Keith I win if I tell Keith I win It doesn't
2: matter. So it's just that power play, isn't it? And Keith buys Jules a house. Doesn't even tell her that he's doing it. Doesn't even show her the house. What if she went in and went, yeah, but I hate this house. I hate this neighborhood. I hate it. I hate pink. I hate clowns. What were you thinking?
1: (laughs) Seriously. I was like, Keith, what a slab of beef. Why would you do that? (laughs) Yes. Eek.
2: Let's go. Deidre, if we put that on a T-shirt, would you want it?
1: Keith, what a slab and beef? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> your, your initial reaction, I was thinking, she's not into this. Uh, yeah. No, I'm
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> I'm just picturing, like... You know how Brooke was in like the lobster outfit. I think we should try and get a Photoshop of Keith in like a beef outfit. He's literally (laughs) dressed as a slab of beef. Tahani, you know what to do. Make it happen.
1: (laughs) Uh, Poor Keith. I think he just leans so much into the fact that he has jewels now that he's not thinking clearly. Because who does that when you're going to be married to someone who buys a house? And she has no idea. How do you know she's even going to like it? I mean, what if she doesn't like it?
2: I do know one other person that did that. Jim from the office, right?
1: Oh yeah, Jim. <laughs> Jim and oh, I love Jim. That's and, okay. Jim's a little different.
2: And there's also a creepy clown that he couldn't get off of the wall. So there's <laughs> syme- there's symmetry there to One Tree Hill. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Uh, we need to discuss Jaden. Which is who, Dom? Uh, Jake and Peyton. And I am a fan. I'm not gonna lie. Particularly on this watch for some reason. I'm a fan. I still find Jake to be um obnoxious beyond belief <laughs> at times. But he has some of my he has some of my favorite lines in this one. When um when they're walking down like the boardwalk, would you call that a boardwalk? That sort of area.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and he's saying you know you chili. no not too much oh you know I, I had to make sure it was the right breeze and how the stars you know yeah you know I said not too much you know more than a million less than a billion like that's like that's that's good stuff that's smooth stuff Jake I see what <laughs> happened here
0: the, the hand-holding costs extra
2: mm-hmm but then, good, really good moments. But then Peyton says sometimes kissing costs extra or something. I'm like, hang on a minute. Maybe you're taking this too far. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds wrong now. But uh, now all uh, all jokes aside, I thought that was all really nice. And I, I really like their storyline. Um, I think I, I really like Jake saying... Uh, when he finds the condom so the the candle goes out and she says yeah the mattresses are in the top drawer and he goes to get them out and he's like oh so there are condoms in tree hill which is <laughs> hilarious because you know but yeah well I mean uh, Deidre what did you think of Jayden?
1: I like it a lot and I think It's more so kind of like, you know, how you guys were saying when Peyton's dad was around, she just lit up. She was a different and like she smiled so much in this episode. I was like, it's so good to see you smile. They have such a nice banter. They can kind of joke with each other. Um, And you can tell that they're also taking it seriously at the same time. Like they're serious about each other, but they can be lighthearted and fun. And honestly, I'm down for anybody who makes Peyton smile because she cries all the time. So (laughs) I just, I like them a lot. I do.
2: That's nice. I mean, Dom, Jake says in his Time Capsule video that he's falling in love with Peyton. I mean, how are you feeling about the situation?
0: Well, they they pretty much moved in together, got a kid. It's, you know, it's basically a done deal, isn't it? (laughs) Um it's Peyton calls him a a total fox, doesn't she she says oh jenny if you're you're watching you'll be like in your fifties by now, and your dad's a total fox um and yeah, him saying that he's really fallen for her uh, it's it's nice I, it's just nice that they're both in a in a happy relationship, you know it's kind of happy time, so Jake was always that that decent kind of pillar of sense wasn't he in the first season he's someone that you need to go to for a bit of advice and he's the he, he's the bring you back to reality kind of guy and actually you know calm the situation down and he's still that you know for Peyton I suppose he, he's still kind of in that mode but Peyton um, is rubbing off on him as well so it's it's a really really good bond and the fact that they're both on the same page in terms of you know let's take it slow it's good that that's that's been included and that's that's written in
2: Yeah. Nice. Yes. Peyton, Jake, I love, I love all of these moments. I think it is really nice to see Peyton, um, a lot happier. Is there, what, is there any other points we want to talk about on, on them?
1: I will say something though. When I first watched it, it kind of worried me because when she did that, um, the time cups apart when she's like, I've lost my way this last year, but you know, I'm getting hope back. And when that face of hope is a boy's face, it comes with trust issues. And that's something that I can kind of say about Peyton. I'm like, when she gives her all, she gives her all. But at her age and being a teenager, it makes me nervous for her knowing where she was in season one for her to put all of her hope into a boy. It's like, oh, be careful, you know, because that's, that's a lot to, you know, to rest on, you know, happiness, whether that's through Jake or just her dad. And sometimes I wish she could find more happiness within ourselves instead of you know somebody else but i that's, still like them
2: that's a really good point and i really like that part as well some of them parts there when they're doing the time capsule and some of peyton's parts in particular reminds me of like john hughes sort of writing like breakfast club type uh sort of like dialogue um what i was going to say it came back to me was that this is the first episode where the transitions begin, which is a very one tree hill thing. So Peyton says, uh, Oh, your dad's a total Fox. And then it goes over to um, Andy mm-hmm. saying something about a Fox and the, and there's quite a few of these within this episode. And this becomes a quintessential one tree hill thing pretty much for the rest of the run. And it's interesting to note that this is where it begins. I think is, uh as like a landmark of this starts happening and it gets by like the end these aren't spoilers you know but by the end it's almost every scene is like going from someone says something about chocolate and then the next scene we're in a chocolate shop and then something about this and something like uh i, I like it i think it's cool but,
0: yeah good transitions yeah one. or dom don't Ma- so you make one very very quick comment about um andy of
2: course
0: andy's like the perfect babysitter he's holding jenny and then he just goes okay go to sleep puts her down she's asleep magic simon this andy is who you need I in need your life him. right now
2: <laughs> he's the baby whisperer yeah
0: <laughs> i was thinking it i've been thinking it all day like andy has just got so much power over these babies
2: <laughs> Andy's kind of like the perfect guy isn't he so supportive so nice he's a so multi- rich <laughs> millionaire just chilling looking after babies you know just i mean deidre are we are we right is is he is he the perfect guy
1: yeah, you can't go wrong with Andy. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Really? I mean, what do you have to complain about? Andy's hiring that private investigator. He's like, I called some guys. Like, yeah, he's totally in Karen's corner. Yeah, I, I think he is the perfect guy.
2: Yeah, amen. Oh, I've got a
0: lot of work to do. I've <laughs> got some millions to make. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, last but not least, Dom, tell us about your main man this about Brian Whitey Durham.
0: Mr. Durham himself. I mean, what, what a great little little episode for him. Uh, you know, his nostalgic video, uh, getting to talk about, um, you know, all, all the guys going steady and just him in his, his like, cardi jacket <laughs> um, on the video. Um, what would be great is if, if we could ever find the, the person that played young Whitey.
2: I tried. Oh, yes. Excellent. Thank you for saying that. I, are you know this already, Deidre?
1: No, okay. go
2: ahead. Oh, I thought you knew. Uh, I, I looked him up uh, to see if I could bring him on as like a surprise. I'm trying to do this more often now and just surprise people by bringing them in. Um, but I didn't have enough time. But guess what? Great trivia moment. The guy that played young Whitey in real life is Barry Corbin's son way <laughs> yeah chris chris corbin
0: oh even better that's fantastic there you go oh nice good good research there good looking up good work simon simon's really good <laughs> at like this he's too good not really <laughs> but no it's it's some really some really nice scenes and it's it's um kind of touches your heart a little bit and i'm sure it might have made some people cry not me but um <laughs> right at the end when he's watching the video on his own you, you really want whitey to go home sometimes just go put your feet up just sit on your porch you know watch people go by just chill out um but he's always he's always in that school always drinking in that school um and uh yeah mentions you know uh him going steady with with this girl and it's you know eventually his wife and yeah really really lovely touching moment
2: Awesome. Well, do we have anything else to say about any other characters or anything else on this episode before we head into Judgment Land? No. No? You sure? I was
1: thinking really hard on that one. I don't think so. Oh, wait, I was gonna say one thing, actually. I thought it was kind of like, I know why Lucas is doing what he's doing. But when Karen went home and talked to Andy and said, like, he chose his father, like, for Lucas, I know he has his motives. But I was like, oh, you really sat in front of your mom's, like, I'm choosing my dad over you. I just felt like at that point, could there be something you could do to let her know, like, I'm not really choosing Dan over you? Because that's really harsh to poor Karen. She's been going through a lot. Yeah. That was he's- the one thing I- He's
2: proper like undercover, isn't he? Um, and, and we forgot to mention that in his time capsule at the end, he's saying that he needs to get close to Dan because that way he can destroy him and he can free the people that he loves. And it kind of unveils that he is to us as an audience, that he is sort of, he's he manipulating Dan and he's playing the game. So that's um, a great, great sort of cliffhanger ending. Um, right so let's get into judgment land but before we do that if you enjoyed this episode and how could you not we got we dom revealed something about his personal history it's only taken a season and 16 episodes and here it is um and Deidre you have been awesome you've given us insight things about Peyton you've changed perspectives this is a five-star podcast people come on Get involved. We only need like 70, 60 more. <laughs> Marine has been going crazy with the reviews. She got a 60, 6-0 six reviews. That is a loyal fan. That is a loyal listener. She is getting that Nathan Scott bag. It is being sent with a Chad Michael Murray face mask, and it is going to come with a personalized handwritten note on it saying, Thank you, Marine. You could be like Marine. You could also get sent things. All you've got to do is do things for us because that's how the <laughs> world works. That's <laughs> capitalism. Okay. Help us get these reviews. That's not the point I'm meant to be doing. Ravenshoops.net for Patreon. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through hoops. But Deidre, they also go
1: through nets.
2: So Ravenshoops.net. <laughs> that was smooth. Smooth. So we're entering into Judgment Land. Deidre, let's start with you. Who is your favorite performer of this episode?
1: I, I had two in mind, but I'm going to give it to Moira Kelly. I think she did really well at playing upset, mad, and just also like a sense of normalcy when she's talking and walking with Andy. So I think she went different levels and she played it really well
2: nice good choice dom
0: i think i'm going to give it to james lafferty for uh line delivery just sort of embodying uh kind of dan and like paul johansson's way of playing sarcasm and stuff like that he seems whether he's doing that consciously i don't know but it works so well uh just his general sarcasm his kind of drunk attitude and demeanor um and he he played it really well
2: so yeah james do you know, if we was to do, like, uh, an average, I'd say you've given it to James Lafferty more than ever, anyone. And I'm not arguing that. I'm just, just noting it.
0: I think it went to Brooke a lot of the time in the first season and occasionally James, uh, like Sophia and, and James, um, with a smattering of others. But, yeah, I think, I think you, you know, Nathan and, and James Lafferty have had the, the most change in terms of character type and where they're going and, and their kind of scenes so
2: yeah for sure um i'm gonna go with hillary burton so we're all different on this one all good choices but um yeah i think i think she just gave a great performance and i really i liked her performance when she was doing the time capsule i just thought it was uh really natural and sort of showcased her uh her talents there so yeah deidre who's your favorite character of the episode
1: my favorite character of this episode is going to go to Brooke Davis. I really liked her. I just liked, like I said earlier, seeing that side of her, the, the little bit more mature side. I'm not trying to like, she is sometimes a little bit immature in my opinion. So to see her more being more mature, um, be growing into the person that I've always knew has been there. I really like it. So I'm giving it to Brooke.
2: Nice. Dom?
0: I'm actually giving it to Lucas. I thought Lucas had a, a really solid episode. Um I, I didn't struggle with him in this episode at all. I thought he was funny. Um He had some really good sort of hard hitting moments and he's the first one to say to Nathan, snap out of it, sort yourself out. Come on. You know, I've lost, I've lost my best friend. I know it's hard for you, but you've got to move on. Come on, man. So yeah, it's him. What about you?
2: Good call. Cool. Uh, I'm going to, going to go different again all three of us it's just great i'm going to go with anna i thought uh yeah she had really good you know she overcame a lot um and i like that you know she wanted to go in there to delete it or to you know change her time capsule and then but you know to sort of conceal it and actually went no i'm gonna go even further with it or be even uh, more firm on what she believes and I think yeah I thought it was great so but both of you great choices as well this is a new segment we do your worst character of the episode Deidre I'm coming okay. to you every time every time you're oh, the okay. guest.
1: um I'm going with Felix on this one I just I don't like him I think he's just a lot of his motivations are he has this complex where he needs to feel better than whether that's with Lucas or other people. And I think he showed that with Brooke and just not reading the room and not really being attentive to, you know, how she was feeling. I'm just like, I'm tired of you, Felix.
2: (laughs) Excellent. Dom. I'm going to have to
0: completely agree. It just completely irrelevant at the beginning of the episode when he's talking to to Brooke, he was just, he's not needed. Don't like him at all. So, yeah, Felix. Agreed. <laughs> yes, that trick.
2: <laughs> okay. Favorite song?
1: I don't know what this song is called. And I apologize. I didn't get the name, but it's the one where they're driving in the police car and they, or not the police car, but the car and they throw the drink on the police car.
2: Which Dom is nodding because that's your song, Dom?
0: That song is called clubfoot and it's by a band called kasabian who are from leicester in england and are my favorite band like my favorite current band i absolutely love them please go and listen to them kasabian super super band clubfoot was their first single that was released it's a really really good song around that time as well uh when when this was was filmed shout out to the kaiser chiefs though who who was playing i predict a riot in uh in the party scene got it on one note just saying when we're doing the watch along um uh so yeah it's really exciting to see two uh two british bands sneaking their way in there again but the music is always really good but yeah kasabian i'm just gonna keep saying it kasabian go and listen to them kasabian
1: (laughs) i put it in my notes on my phone so i won't forget i'll listen and I'll tell you about it next time. It'll be a little while before <laughs> you, you talk to me again, <laughs> but I'll remember.
2: Come on, come on to our live watch alongs, DJ. I know come you guys us. always
1: do it when I work. Are you doing another one this? Is it every, next week?
2: Every every Wednesday, eleven PM UK time.
1: Okay, so I don't work. I don't go back to work until the twenty fourth, since I'm in quarantine. So I could probably be able to join on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, join us.
1: Yeah, it'd be exciting.
2: Excellent. Listen to some to some. To some Kasabian and uh, you can Dom will chat to you about it. Okay. <laughs> uh I I'm gonna say, well, I really like the song at the end that goes over the montage, and I wrote in my notes that I need to Google it and find out what it is. It was a really slow one, I really liked it. But I love Dom's face and his passion about Kasabian, so I want to see it again. <laughs> so I'm gonna say Kasabian. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it was worth it it was worth it um okay what about your favorite line
1: this was so difficult for me because there were so many good like messages for everyone i think and some funny things but because i think there's so many good positive ones i'm actually gonna pick a funny one and i'm gonna go with it's you and rosie palm tonight buddy or whatever brooke told (laughs) that guy at the party i just think that's i loved that line i thought it was funny
2: yeah that's a great one and dom um
0: i mean shout out to tin for saying pretty much been with all the hot girls you know freshmen seniors whatever he has to say after that uh rosie palm was a brilliant line uh but i think i'm gonna have to pick nathan's line um where he says drunk bitter kind of like mom
2: (laughs) that's a good one that's a good one i i wrote a couple honorable mentions um (laughs) <laughs> i liked um brooke said see skanky ho otherwise known as Nikki." and yeah. i thought she keeps it consistent with the name calling um your RC frat boy haircut was a good one nice work jack Hole, rosy palm um on the tim one he said like he's like chill girl the tim will get to you eventually <laughs> <laughs> i love that there are condoms in tree hill um you know when when you're a lesser guy when Haley is lesser might be god calling um but the one i'm going to go with was anna's one that says trying to find my own way like most kids i guess that part is timeless which i think is great
1: i wrote that down too actually
2: nice yeah that was a good one um and then last but not least the precious oh no i missed one background performer
1: yeah there was a lot, right? So I had two. I had two kind of in mind. When Jake and Peyton were walking on the boardwalk, like one of the first, like first snapshot of that scene, there's this lady like up close to the camera, and she's drinking wine, and she's just nodding like this. And I was like, I, her. That's who I saw. And then I was gonna be like, probably one of the cops, because they really didn't say anything. They just walk up there with a the flashlight to look in the car nice but i think i'm gonna go with the wine lady because i just she was so close to the screen and i was like and she was just naughty so i think i'm gonna go with her
2: she was doing a mouth bobblehead i love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) dom uh mine was one of the
0: the police officers or one of the one of the cops um i think he either one to be honest but they're both sitting there a bit stunned when all of a sudden um this drink gets smashed across their window and it's like, okay, donuts down. We've got, we got to chase them.
2: Nice. What about uh, you? And... I'm going to say the, the girl, the poor girl that Felix bumped into like the <laughs> was it an accident? Was it not? I mean, if I could find out who she was, she will be getting an invite to this podcast and we'll find out the truth. Um, but last but not least, we have the precious, precious rating uh Deidre you know how this goes we're gonna say it on free but before that without saying what the number is did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation
1: um yes and I was teetering between that and another number
2: okay is the other number lower or higher higher and, oh okay okay is it has it, has our conversation changed
1: oh I'm sorry I'm sorry lower it was lower I believe, yeah. Lower than what I'm going with now.
2: Okay, so the conversation made it increase. Yeah. Yeah. It'll
1: I'll just ready. wait because I have a lot of,
2: yeah. Okay. And Dom, same questions?
0: Um, I've got a number and it's pretty much stayed the same throughout.
2: Okay, same. I've got a number. It's been about the same. Uh we'll see. So after three. One, two, three,
0: eight. Nine. Eight.
2: Ooh. Ooh. so in case that didn't come through on the mics me and Dom were at an eight Deidre was at a nine Deidre why was this a nine and why should we agree with you
1: okay so I think it it was a nine because there was a lot of good messaging um, to audiences with Anna's storyline with Peyton's storyline about how she's feeling within the relationship and wanting to take it slow. Good messages from Brooke about love and that's what life is about. I also thought it was good to see um, Lucas and Nathan go through their journey of still being mad at each other, fighting, but then coming together. Then Karen's being a little bit more lack of a better word, ballsy I guess. Um, And then we've got Dan who is kind of For me, anyway, making me like, what is he really thinking here with his power play moves? I don't know. I just think all the messages and everything is what put it over for me. And then also Brooke, too, just coming into herself a little bit more, I think, would be why I would rate it as a 9. But I thought you guys were going to rate it as a 9, to be honest. I'm surprised.
2: Well, I'll go first. I I, I'm good to go over nine. I agree. I think it was good. Um, I I'm with it for all the reasons that you said, um, and for all the reasons we discussed in the episode. So that's one sold Dom. Can we get you to a nine or what? What's your deal? Uh,
0: The, this is the third time we've said the same number, I think in a row, which does, which doesn't normally happen. I'm I'm quite surprised and impressed in ourselves. Um, Normally, it's 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 a little bit different, or sometimes very different. We're becoming
2: um, one. Yeah,
0: we are one. Can you get me to a nine? I think um, maybe. I'm Really like, <laughs> like Deidre, your your points are, are really really good, and like Anna's message and Peyton's message, kind of all the messages that they had to give in their little time capsule moment is is really important and then how the story develops from there it's actually a very funny episode there's some really good moments in fact one of my favorite songs ever is in it uh, by my pretty much my favorite band as well so i'd be stupid not to give it a nine wouldn't i
2: yay let's give it a nine Excellent so this one's down in the history books I do keep I have a spreadsheet where I put all of these down uh, every week so so that at the end we know what the average rating is for each season and I can tell you currently that season two has an average rating that's higher than season one but I think that's because Dom is enjoy. Dom understands the show and is more into it now I think so mm-hmm. I think if we went back to season one there'd probably be some higher ratings but I think this is a really good episode. I've really, I really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the conversation about it. So this one, we're calling a nine. But before we get out of here, well, firstly, Deidre, it has been a pleasure to meet you and to to podcast with you and uh, looking forward to continuing, uh, you know, to get to know you and to go through this One Tree Hill journey with you. So thank you so much for, uh, for, your, for your time and all of your insight.
1: Thank you. I had a good time.
0: You have been a brilliant co-host. I really enjoyed all the things you've had to say. Some fantastic points. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you again in season three. Thank you. I can't wait.
2: But before we get out of here, we've got to say Raven's on free. But Deidre, it's your choice of what accent we're going to do it in. So what's it going to be?
1: Wait, when did you? I must not have seen that. That's my fault. I didn't know you guys were going to do accents so what did you do recently like the last one
2: we've we've done it all the last one we just did normal because Jay big turned into the colonel and demanded it so we had to do (laughs) it which is fine you know if uh, (laughs) someone's going to be domineering like that then we just respect it but so but we we've done it all we've done french german scottish
1: i'm so bad at accents like i'm low-key jealous that you guys have british accents because i wish i could speak in one
2: <laughs> well, I'm
1: serious. <laughs>
2: get, name any accent and we'll do it. Well, we will all do it. Try to.
1: Um, Irish accent? Is that a thing, right?
2: That's yeah. Thing. Dom, okay. Tom, give us some Irish so we can copy you.
0: Um,
2: well, do you remember? I've got keywords.
0: So for Irish, you have to say four doors down because you go four doors
2: down. And that turns into an Irish accent. Four doors down. That's good. That turns into an Irish accent. Four doors down. It works. Four doors down.
0: <laughs> down right. so, that's that's, that's so just...
1: funny. Okay. I don't good. know. Am I supposed to try to say four doors down? Yeah, you did so it. Kind of it. Okay. There you go. <laughs>
2: All right, Dom, count us in, my man. Order's down right
0: (laughs) Ireland we'll take it Uh, we're going to say ravens on three are you ready one two three
2: ravens
1: Ravens. that was terrible I'm so sorry
2: no it was perfect (laughs) it was absolutely
1: perfect